This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments, allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Rick Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode on the Mindful Experiment. As we dive into another interview with this amazing soul, this amazing being, um, Daniel Bruce Levin. Uh, so much to talk about. And literally on this podcast interview, you you think that this may have been scripted. You're going to think that I was just agreeing with them just to agree. But really, the the stuff, the, the synchronicities and the things that he explained was like speaking to my soul. His book called The Mosaic is, is just – an unbelievable book that I highly recommend reading. Um, it, it bypasses your mind to really get into your heart and the wisdom, the life lessons, no matter where you are, you'll grasp something. 
It's like the parables in the Bible. You, you know, sometimes you have to be really wise to grasp the main message. And this one, his, his story, no matter where you are, you're going to get something out of it. And the more times you go back and revisit, you're going to get even deeper lessons. Daniel, he, he is, uh, he's done a lot of amazing things in his life. You know, he came, he worked with, he thought about being a rabbi at one point. He used to work at be the poorest of the poor. He worked with uh, Hay House, uh, the director of business development, where he took it from 3 million years in sales to over 100 in revenue through their box innovative strategies. He's someone who's a rare breed where his path is an embrace of a businessman and a mystic forging a road that was at one time mostly uncharted. But he, this is what I love most about Daniel, especially you'll hear me really, we dive into this in the podcast, is that... But no matter how different our lives seem, when we sit together and listen to each other, I know we will find amazing similarities. As a connectivity expert and a business leader, he works with those that are similar to connect with governments, organizations, corporations, and businesses. He helps people through the power of connection. And that is one thing that you'll connect, see us connect while we are on this episode, no pun intended. And as Daniel just dives so wonderfully and deeply into life and the purpose of us coming together and how we should accept our differences, that our differences is what brings us together, not separate us apart, to appreciate one another and so much more. We we get so deep into this stuff and I'm just so excited to had this opportunity to, uh, to chat with him. I'll definitely be having him on for a part two, uh, but for now, I don't want to take any more thunder away. Let's have some fun. Definitely sit back, enjoy, and just soak in the amazing of what we go through here as I had the pure, the beautiful opportunity to interview Daniel Bruce Levin. So Daniel, uh, I'm excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Um, there are so many questions. I do a lot of research when it comes to having the guest on and, and I want to make sure that we, we hit a lot of points and there's a lot of connection. You're the connection expert and we're going to talk about all that in a little bit, but, uh, you know, reading your book and, and just doing a lot of research on you, I'm really excited to have you on. And I have a feeling, uh, the, the listeners are going to love everything that we we're going to have in the next hour. Well, let's hope that's the case. We're going to try our best because no matter what happens, who we were in the past or who we are in the future, this moment is all that matters in the connection we make with each other and our guests that are coming on to share their time with us is really the most important thing. I could not agree with you more. So uh, let's 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 dive in. So I was reading up on you, and I, and I noticed that you know, in today's era, at least you know, being an entrepreneur at my age and, and listening to all the gurus, and I put quotation marks up there, they always talk about the grind and the hustle, and and you know, the make the million, the make this, the be the number one, and do that. And I was really fascinated with your story because you walked away from running a billion dollar company. Yeah. And I'm really curious, what was it what, that you kind of felt? Was there uh, roadblocks? Was the universe kind of just pushing you in a different direction? I mean, what, what really made you say, I'm done with this and I'm going this way? So to put it in context, it may sound a little less spectacular than the way you presented it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's okay. Um, my parents passed away two years apart on the same day. My dad, when I was 13, my mom, when I was 15, they both died on July 4th, which is Independence Day. Mm-hmm. And, and so it put me through quite a um, change in perspective, as you can imagine. My 
And I only realized later when I wrote my book, The Mosaic, and that was, I'm 63 years old now. So 15 to 60, uh, it took me to realize that the place that I was looking for, just like I was in the book, is when I asked the adults where my parents were, they told me they were in this place called heaven. So as a kid, I set out in search for the place called heaven. And my the first destination I went to after my parents passed away, my aunt, my mother's sister, had married Richard Block, who was the R of H&R Block. Gotcha. And, and Richard said to me, after observing me for a few months, I believe that you can come and take over my company. I'm going to start you pushing a broom, but I believe in a very short period of time, I've been watching you. I believe this could be your company. And so I said to him, um, I was, I was completely overwhelmed by life in general, by the fact that I'd lost my parents, by the fact that I went from a lower middle-class family to an upper, upper echelon family. Um, and I said, you know what I'd like to do? I so appreciate you. I would like to watch you for a year and see if this is something I'm interested in. That's pretty fascinating. I mean, because some people would just jump all over that and not even think twice. Exactly his response. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he, he was a little more poignant and a little more, you know, right in there. He said, Danny, do you realize that 99.9999, keep saying nine until you can't run out of breath, <laughs> percent of the people would have said, thank you so much. Where's the broom? Where do I start? And I looked at him and I said, just our rotten luck that I'm the point. Oh, 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 keep saying, oh, until you run out of breath and then say one (laughs) percent who didn't. And so was it, it it was there like, uh, what kind of made you make that like choice? Cause like I said, it's, it's something that, like you said, 99 point go all the way through the nines. Uh, what a jumped on it. What was there was, again, was there a feeling? Was there something to be like, "Mm, this is something I need to do different or what I saw, I mean, I created my own stories in those points and in those periods of time. I watched him. I watched the way his view was with his children. I watched, but he was a really good man. And I, I, when a year came, we, we sat down and talked and I gave him my answer. But in reality, what I realized is I've had so many opportunities like that. That was one of the penultimate opportunities because it was a billion dollar company. Um, but I realized it wasn't the heaven that I was looking for. I was looking for that place of happiness and peace that I had in the embrace of my mom and dad. And I still remember there's a picture from my, I, I was brought up Jewish. So there's a picture from my bar mitzvah of my mom and dad holding me from the back that every time I see it brings tears to my eyes. It was just that feeling of being loved and completely accepted and being no and knowing that in their embrace I could do anything. That even though running H and R block might have been heaven on earth, it wasn't the heaven that I was looking to find. And I love how you say that the heaven that you were looking to find. Yeah. And I know from there you started to you went off and I'm assuming um, hiking and, and and going into nature was that the heaven you were looking for. Or, um, because I know we're going to dive into your book a lot too. And I know there's some, you know, definitely crossovers here, but um, was it, um, how did you end up finding your heaven? Um, I am 
inches away from finding it right now. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I like that. All right, inches. <laughs> inches not feet, uh, inches. I like not, how you say not, that. <laughs> not even feet. <laughs> so, so was it, has it been, because I think heaven is something that uh, a lot of people, um, you know, I grew up Roman Italian Catholic, so it's it's one yep. of those things where uh, I'm going to hell regardless unless I uh, repent to Jesus, and I just that's just why I was brought up. Yeah, and my my life experiences and my studies and everything I've done has taken me on a massively different course. And um, I don't know if you agree with this statement or not, but I've heard this and it, and it makes a lot of sense to a certain degree. And your book did this so wonderfully. I mean, I, uh, I'm going, I have notes and I have to find where I, I was, as I was reading your book, I took notes. Normally I don't take notes in books, but for your book, wow. I did that. Wow. Um, Cause it was just profound. And I know I'm going to, I mean, well, well, I know we're going to jump into the book, but it was like, Every person, how they shared their story, how they gave a piece of advice. I was like, okay, what's the juice man sharing here? What's his main story yeah. sharing and teaching? What's this person? And um, I know, who was it? I can't think. Maybe it was the wise one. But they talked about how um, everything there is right in front of you. Yeah, it's just what you know. It's just what we're not looking and seeing, and um, that aligns a lot to me and my own my own experiences about heaven. That it's there. It's all right here in front of us. It's just. Totally shifting your state and shifting your mind and getting into it's not a place it's more of a state of being or a state of consciousness um how would you explain that how would you see that and so forth um i would explain it as a perspective and the more perspectives we can get the more possible we put together the pieces of the mosaic that make up our life uh, you can, one of the things I did in my life is I helped brand a coaching company, one of the foremost coaching companies in America. It's called IPEC. And mm-hmm. we worked to brand them. And one of the concepts that they shared in their philosophy and their coaching practice is their seven levels of perception, seven levels of energy. We're made up of all seven of those levels, but we, with certain numbers car come out more or less in day to day and under stress. And depending on who, sh- which level shows up, our experience of the reality of the world we're living in completely changes. And the seven levels are victim, conflict, rationalization, compassion, win-win, we-not-me, and uh, it's all just a dream anyway. And so imagine looking at a world, losing my parents and looking at the world from the victim place that I was of why would I lose my parents? Why would that happen to me? Why would God do this to me? To the place of this is not just me. We are, I am a part of a bigger world. I'm a, I'm a, I live in a we world, not a me world. And how those different perspectives completely change the, in, the reality that I live in. And so it's easy to talk a philosophy. But to live that philosophy, to understand it, to, to be that philosophy rather than just speak it is a totally different story. And the reason why I'm inches away in my mind from the heaven that I've sought is that I can feel it. Um, I, can, I can taste it. I just now have to let go and be vulnerable enough to integrate it. That's very powerful. Um, 
Very, very powerful there. And, you know, I love how you, you, the, it's so true perspective, you focus, how you see things, um, it, it, you know, with the victim versus the conflict versus the we first. How about the all it is, it's just a dream. Um, all it is, is a dream. <laughs> it's, it's a hard one for most people to get. Uh, I love um, that one. <laughs> but ima- imagine we walk into a movie, right? Yep. And we walk in, we see perfectly clearly the screen is white. There's nothing on it. There's no, there's no images on that screen. It's absolutely a white screen. We know that. Suddenly the lights go out and a light shines from the back of the room onto that white screen. And all of a sudden there's their characters playing out there. And there's a story that's going on and we hate that person and we love that person. And every time that one comes in, we get the creeps. And every time that one comes in, we just smile and we're happy. Well, what just happened? We took a white screen. We created a story. We put images on that screen. And we started to see the way we respond to the world that's around us. That it's all a dream is a reality that we look at all the time. Let's, let's point it in more of a mosaic direction if I can. Oh, yeah. Okay. The lie has become so easy to believe we call it the truth. And the truth has become so hard to believe we call it a lie. The truth is that we are all connected. We're we're not separate. But the world that we see is, how how am I the same as you? You were brought up Orthodox, Roman Catholic. I was brought up Jewish. I went to seminary. I left one day before I was going to be ordained. I live in California. You live in Chicago. Uh, There are other people that live on the other side side of the border than I do. And I live on this side of the border. My skin's white and someone else's skin's black or, or yellow or, or red or whatever it is. I, I make a certain amount of money. They make a certain amount of money. How can you even conceivably say that we're the same? <laughs> okay. Yep. And, so, and so the lie has become so true that we actually think, how could we possibly be the same? Metaphysics has told us for lots of years that We are not made up of this body, but we are made up of energy. Quantum physics now in science is leading metaphysics and actually proving to us that when we take what, when we take the form that we live in and examine it under a high powered microscope, we do not see form. We see swirls of energy. Those swirls of energy travel at speeds unknown to us. We think we're traveling faster when we get on a jet and go from California to New York and get there in six hours. We, can, we are learning now, we're on the cusp of learning how we will soon be commuting from California to Singapore for work and coming back the same day because we're creating systems that are fast enough to move in, in, in record periods of time. But energy moves at the speed of light. Energy moves at a speed that we can't even comprehend. So realistically, very realistically, what you're exhaling right this minute, I am inhaling the next. Because all of that is in the energy of the world that we live in. Very realistically, the same power that gave Hitler the power to try and dominate the world through, through war and violence and, and power is the, same, is the same energy that, that guided Mahatma Gandhi to create a peaceful revolution. And I am breathing both of those right now into my body. So the question is, which am I, what do I connect to? I'm connected to all of it. What is the, What will connect me to the purpose that I want to lead my life to do? And how do I connect to it? Now, Does this I, make sense or am I just talking way off the, like on a roller coaster here? 
This is my love language you're speaking, so we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it makes totally sense. I mean, you know, ninety that was it, ninety-eight point nine or ninety-nine point eight percent of all the molecules in your body are replaced within one year. Um, you know, you are both Hitler and Jesus within you because we're made up of the same molecules, just as you said. And uh, it, it, it's true. It's what do you connect with? What do you uh, when you talk like when you're talking like that? I always think of the story of the two wolves. Uh, the yeah. Cherokee legend, and it's all about what, which one do you feed, right? Because you have both in you. Totally. And so if you think about that for a minute, let's just play with that. Whether, whether we're in poverty or we're in abundance, whether we have our soulmate or we're searching for it, whether we are healthy or not healthy, we are one connection away from everything we need. We are one breath away from everything we need. And when we realize how fluid the universe is, when we realize that we're made up of a mosaic of little pieces that connect to other little pieces, that connect to other little pieces, that open up vast worlds for us to live in, what world do we choose to live in? Why would we choose to live in a static form-based world when everything we want is outside of our reach? What would happen if we changed our, our philosophy I have, here's, a, here's a blueprint that, I, that came to me, a change blueprint. It's fabulous. And it's so simple. Our thoughts become our words. Our words create our stories. And our stories make up our life. So what is the life that we want to live? What are the stories we keep telling ourselves? What are the words that we're using? And what are the thoughts that are creating those, those words? What are the thoughts that are creating the life that we have? We can change those thoughts at any point in time. Thoughts are just beliefs. They're just thoughts. They're not facts. When we change our thoughts, we can change every single thing that happens in our life. I can't agree with you more there. It's, it's, it's so true in so many ways. Would you say, I mean, as hard, I don't want to say hard, but it, it's simple as it sounds. Like, just change your story and you change your life, right? That's the, the model that I've been taught and learned. And, but to actually do that, how hard is that? Um, it depends how hard you think it is. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I was testing you there. I like that. <laughs> yeah, you almost won because I was going to say it's hard, man. It's really hard. <laughs> but really, that's that's isn't that true? Mm-hmm. Like it, we think that that's hard, and we think we can never do it, and so we're right. It is hard, and we will never do it. But it when is- we when we realize how simple it is, all these things are actually so friggin' simple. Then it makes us realize that the lie has become so easy to believe. We call it the truth. And the truth has become so hard to believe. We call it a lie. So true. But the Uh, truth is not a lie. And the lie is not a truth. That is some deep stuff here. I like where we're going here. Um, and I want to take it a little deeper um, in a sense. You brought, up, you brought up the mosaic, right? And when uh, I love the, the, the visual of a mosaic, I actually, I wrote a book this year and I kind of talked about a mosaic and uh, broke it down into the aspect of, of when you put all the pieces together, that is the souls and everything that's God in a sense or yep. the supreme power or whatever you want to call it. But I love the essence of the mosaic because when I read your book, it really brought to me 
the, every piece of your life or what you go through sums up all together. And this is just the way I took it. Um, yeah is a picture of me that represents, it's, it's, it's my, um, um, when I put it all together, that's the beauty of everything, right? Um, I forgot the bowl that was broken in the book you talked about and how they were able to put the king and put it all back together. And it was actually more magnificent than it was before. Um, but that was one thing. And then I started seeing it in like, as I went micro, I went macro with it. And it just, it was just, I don't know if that's the intention of your book. I'm a feeling that it is. percent. Okay. <laughs> um, you did it very well. And I was just like seeing all these things and images coming through my head. I'm like, holy cow, this is really cool because it's just so many multi-layered stuff that you built into it. So um, what's interesting to me, and this, this really like... I would, I sat down to write the book and it would erase what I would write until it it came to the place where I tuned into what it wanted me to say. And I said it, and I'm only, I'm only beginning now to understand what it did. Like, it is not me who wrote this book. I, 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 I I physically sat in the typewriter for three friggin' years and, and tried to get this simple little story out. But something else took over, and what? And, and and I marvel at it now in retrospect that a book that would talk about seeing what can't be seen wouldn't make sense. That the book, in the very nature of it, would only hint at things that most people won't see as they read the book. But the more that you are open, the more you allow it to enter you, the more that you allow it to uh, to connect to you the book will show you things that you've never seen before. It's showing me things that I've never seen before. And I, and it was written through me. <laughs> I love that. No, it is so true. Cause that's what I got. I was grasping every time I read, I was just like, Holy cow. This is a, this is a fun mind thing. That's just going on here. Cause as you're reading, as you were saying, it's, uh, the more you absorb in, the more it shows you more things. And you're just like, and for me, it was easy to relate to a lot of different stuff. Fabulous. And one of the other things that really I want to marvel at in its, in its simplicity is the, the characters that it chose to introduce to me to. They were simple, ordinary people. Because we live in a time where everybody thinks they have to be extraordinary. We, believe, we live in a time where everybody's talking about what are your superpowers? The mosaic wants to reintroduce to people the beauty of the ordinary. And let me take a moment in saying that because when I talk to people and I ask them on a scale of one to 10, with one being what you absolutely would hate your life to be and 10 being what you would die to have your life become, where does the word ordinaries put place? Most people tell me a one or a two. And I go, great. Where does the word extraordinary come in? And most people will tell me a t- 10 without even hesitation. So I say this may be a play of the English language, but humor me for a minute. If ordinary is something you don't want to be, why do you want to be extra of something you don't want to be? <laughs> right? That's a and, good one. I like that. And so what the mosaic has sort of shown me is that it, this isn't a time for us to become superheroes and try to be extraordinary people. This is a time for extraordinaries to come together to create extraordinary things. 
it's time for us to work together with each other. It's time for us to find areas of similarity. It's time for us to find those places where we can coexist rather than those places where we're living in right now where everybody is fighting everybody, where we're fighting ourselves. We're not even kind enough to ourselves to allow ourselves to succeed. We sabotage ourselves. We knock ourselves down. Why would, if we're knocking ourselves down, why would I knock down everybody else that I know? And yet, it's time for all that to change. It's time for a new paradigm of ordinary people. What's, what could be more beautiful and more ordinary than a sunset? It happens every single day. What could be more beautiful than the spring buds coming up after, a win- after winter's over? It happens every year. What could be more ordinary than the beauty of a mountain not wanting to be a river but wanting to be a mountain and the river not wanting to be a, a mountain but wanting to be a river? It's ordinary. There is extraordinary beauty in the ordinary. And it's only the extraordinaries that think, well, I'm better than everybody else. I deserve to be at the front of the line. And they race in front of the line and think that people behind them are not worthy of anything. That needs to change. The model of a, a, of a vertical reality where people teach and others learn, I believe, is over. The model of a mosaic reality where every piece comes together to share its voice and create the artistry of this exquisite piece of work. It's called the mosaic is the time it's coming. And I, I agree with you a thousand percent. I think it's something that um, it, 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 you know, people just need to, I, I always say people just need to remember their power, who they are. Um, a lot of my teachings, what I share is like, just remember you're, you're more powerful beyond measure and you have, this beauty within you. You don't have to be doing all these things. Like you kind of say, it's just be you, be who you really are. Like you said, the river doesn't try to be the mountain. The mountain doesn't try to be the river. They just be what they are. Yeah. Uh, a dog doesn't try to be anything but a dog. Yeah. And, and, and it doesn't try to be the best dog and the no. mountain doesn't try to be the best mountain. It doesn't try and put on a cape and a mask and say, I'm a superhuman <laughs> mountain. Right. <laughs> and, yet, oh, and, yet we, and yet we do that because it's part of our process of self-loathing because we can never reach the peaks that we set out for ourselves. And so we continually put ourselves down and knock ourselves down for not being who we think we're supposed to be rather than just the simple beauty of accepting the gorgeousness of who we are. Yeah. And would you say that's kind of like getting out of one's mind and start leading your life by one's heart? Yeah, but it's not, it, I don't think one is an exclusion of the other. I think they're an inclusion of each other. Yeah, I agree with you there. Because like when I, when, I, when I think of it in that way, I think of in a sense that, you know, judgments and so forth is, you know, I'm going to focus on, well, I'm doing great in life, but guess what? I'm not where I, I think I should be because I see so-and-so who's up there and I want to get to that level and, and so forth instead of, just I, I see where I want to go, but at the same token, I appreciate where I'm here right now, and I'm just doing what I do, and I'm not going to make my emphasis be that. I'm just going to focus on what I want to create for myself. So can I, for the sake of being boring, just repeat back to you again the change blueprint? Yeah, go for it, because I know I, we want to talk about We're going to get into it more, but let's, let's go into it. Let's go. 
our thoughts create our thoughts become our words our words create our stories and our stories create our life so if in the in the example that you just spoke of of i know i want to be this or i want to be or i'm not doing all that i could be or all like again what like what would happen if we changed our thoughts what would happen if we just didn't need to change ourselves what would happen if we believed that there was nothing wrong with us that we're exactly where we're supposed to be and we had the compassion of on ourselves to allow ourselves to take a step at a time to get where we're going and that we didn't judge each step along the way thinking we should be further along than we are but we just loved each step that we're taking. I'm talking, you don't see it, but I have a big mirror right now that I'm putting in front of myself because I'm talking to myself because I love the destination. I've spent my whole life getting from the beginning to the end really quickly. But that middle process is what makes life, is what makes life life. So true. And that's called the now. That's like this moment. And so I've robbed myself of so many moments. It's time for me just to enjoy the beauty of what this moment is because this moment guaranteed in an ordinary flow of time, this moment will become the next moment will become the next moment. And if I just stay moment to moment to moment, I'll get where I'm going. I love that. And I, and I can't agree with you more because being in the moment has, uh, in the last, this last year, I've made that an emphasis to work on to just appreciate the now and just be like, you know, this is what I'm going to focus on. This is all I have control over. This is what I'm going to do. And the rest, I'm enjoying the process. I'm going to, you know, it's just enjoy the moment where five, 10 years ago, it was all about getting to the end. Yeah. You know, just how can I get to the next step? What can I do here? How can I go? Oh, great. I hit this level. All right. What's the next level we got to go to? Instead of just like, forget all that. Just enjoy the moments and have fun in that process. Yeah. I'm going to have you help me do that. Okay. <laughs> I said, I, I didn't say I was a master. at it. <laughs> My wife will be like, Hey, you're going back to the old place. I'm, like, I'm sorry. I, it, it's a hard thing to break through. <laughs> well, it's, it, it, for me, and I'll be really honest, for me, it's so easy when life is pleasurable. Yeah. But when there's some throw, when there's some curveballs that are thrown in there, when there are disagreements that happen, when there's situations that I want to be further along than I am, I had a great, I, my brother is one of the people that I go to to coach, to coach me. And one of the things he said is I was feeling stuck in my life. And I said, I, I just started telling him, I just feel stuck, like nothing's moving. I feel like I'm completely stuck. And he said, Stanley, stuck in relationship to what? Hmm. And I said, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I guess stuck in relationship to where I think I should be. He said, well, how about if where you should be is right where you are? Would you still be stuck? I like that. And, and there's such wisdom. So one of the things the mosaic did for me more than anything else is it made me appreciate how much wisdom is in every single person, every single situation, every single conflict, every single resolution, that if we would just take the time to listen and to hear. In the, in the book, Mo in his search for heaven didn't 
go to people and talk to them. He went to people and listened to them. And in that process of listening, what he saw in the ordinary street worker or in the artist or the artist or the juice man or the trash man is when he listened to their story, suddenly the person he first saw no longer existed. There was a completely new reality there. Because what he now saw when he heard their story was a completely different person, a different perspective possibly a different view of heaven. And so I love when a conversation weaves itself into a tapestry, which is another great image, even though I'm messing up my image of the mosaic, but when all the pieces of a conversation come together to create the beauty of a mosaic, it makes such sense. And what we tend to do with our lives is we throw away pieces. We think those are not valuable. Those are not good. I made mistakes. I put myself down. I went, took me a long time. I should have been somewhere else. I should be here. But how about if every single piece of the mosaic was powerfully placed, perfectly timed for us to experience what we have to experience in this moment? Yeah, that would that definitely would, would definitely change things massively. And uh, would you say it's like um, knowing? Is there like a trust process to that? Like saying you just have to trust to know that it's all working for you and the moment. This is where you need to be to get your experience and so forth. So yes, and, and part of what I part of what's been developed through what the mosaic is developing in me is four practices. And what I realized was that it was teaching me the four practices of connection because how do we go from where we are to that place? I mean, that's the big question. Every coach is talking about, I'm going to help you go from where you are to where you want to be, right? Mm -hmm. but, But how do we make some of these mental shifts? How do we take the knowledge that we know and make it the reality of the life that we live? How do we get from where we, where we perceive ourselves to be to where we are and where we, and where we desire to be? And there are really four practices in that. And if you don't mind, I would love to share that with the people listening. I was just about to ask. <laughs> <laughs> then go ahead and ask. I'll wait. I'll make dialogue, right? No, go, what are the four practices? I want to know all about this. I'm ready. Okay, so let's stop after each one of them and, and sort of talk about them a little so that we it's not just a, a uh, me on some sort of pulpit somewhere. <laughs> or, or no. Soapbox, okay? You got it, boss. Um, so the first practice I realized, and I've heard this for my entire life, but it never meant anything to me in the way that it means it to me now, is the practice of being kind to yourself. We spend... Vic, Dr. Vic, this would be my commitment to you. If you and I were to go for a walk, knowing you even just a short time that I do, and you were to trip and fall, here's the commitment I would make to you. I would sit down next to you and make sure you're okay. I would help you up. When you were up, I'd watch you to feel you're stable. When you were ready to go, I'd walk with you 10 steps. And when you were ready, when I saw you could walk with, without help, I would let you walk 20 steps, still watching you to make sure you're okay. But Dr. Vic, if you and I were walking and I fell down, I would say, you clumsy son of a gun. You can't even walk. Here's a guy you just met. What a stupid person you are. 
And so I wondered all along my life, why would I treat you with such respect, someone I don't even know, and me with such disrespect? And I realized that 24-7, seven days a week, I'm on guard for an assault on myself, by myself. Because I constantly am knocking myself down, hitting myself down, belittling myself, sabotaging my efforts. And so my guard has become a wall that is close enough to me that if I were to swing with my right hand and protect myself with my left hand, that's how far away my wall is. And I built it from the top of my head to the bottom of my toes. Because I never know where my attack's going to come. So in that silo of, of a three-inch wall around me, how much of the world am I letting in and how much of the world am I giving myself to? Nothing. And I realized that I started to then accept that reality as my reality and I painted my wall so that you would think my wall was me and you would never go over the wall and look to see the kid in a fetal position hoping you'd never find me. Because I wanted you to believe that the protection of me was who I was. Because I didn't want to get hurt again. And what do you think with the, you know, the creation of that wall? I, mean, I can go in so many avenues with this. But what do you, you, when did that wall get created? Oh, God, from my first memories. Gotcha. Right? As soon as, as soon as I experienced my first hurt, I thought, hold it. This isn't the way I want to live life. I, I mean, the world is going to hurt me. I started to believe in a world that would hurt me rather than a benevolent world. And I don't know that I'm alone in that, although I'm happy to be the, I hope to God I'm the only person that feels that. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you you're not, but at least from my perspective. <laughs> you, you ruined my myth. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was hoping that I would be the only person that felt that so that, so that everybody else doesn't have to go through this stuff. Uh, right? I, hear, so, I hear you on that one. <laughs> so, so, so if we're living that world, what, what sort of connections are we having? My wall is connecting to your wall. And there's no real connection. Is there any wonder we, we suffer because we think we don't really feel heard or understood or feel appreciated or feel gathered? And if you look at the way we interact with each other, I mean, let's just use politics for a moment because it's so prevalent and so beautiful. It was probably always there, but now it's just uncovered. We don't, we don't listen to each other. We talk over each other. We want our side to be right. We want uh, for someone who is wounded wants to get his, his, his benefit his, from being right. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a master at being right. Right? Because I, I, like, it, this is the way it is. That's just the way it is. And in my wall, that's the way it was. But try putting that walled reality onto a reality that isn't walled and you look a little bit like an idiot. So one of the things that I created, and you can see it on my website, it's the mosaiconline.com, is a 21-consecutive-day is a challenge through the use of a bracelet to invite people to be kind to themselves. And I would say, I would, I would like to offer to the first five people who put in your show name or, or Dr. Vic and, and send an email to me, I'll send that bracelet out to them for free. Awesome. The idea is this. We put it on, we start by putting it on our left wrist and we start being kind to ourselves. When we notice that we're not being kind to ourselves anymore, 
we take it off our left wrist and we put it onto our right wrist and we start over at day one. I myself have been wearing the bracelet for six weeks. That's 21 days times three, maybe more. Okay. <laughs> or, or two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I made it to day four once. I made it to day three twice. I made it to day two five times. I'm on day one again today. But the goal is not to get there in 21 days, even though that would be stupendous. The goal is to start to become aware of how I treat myself. And by having the little tool where every day I see how I treat myself and every time I treat myself with disrespect or I'm not kind to myself, I move it. And sometimes I move the dog on bracelet 10 times a day. <laughs> it doesn't matter. What matters is I'm now more, so much more aware of how I put myself down, how I sabotage my efforts, how I eat the wrong things when I want to eat the right things, how I, how I don't treat myself kindly. Like if, if, if I, I guess the thought process I have is if I was madly in love with myself, how would I treat myself? How would I treat my, How would I treat someone that I am madly in love with? Would I treat them the way I'm treating myself now? Probably not. Mm-hmm. And so why wouldn't I fall madly in love with myself? And let me, let me say why that's so important. When I no longer hit myself, that three-inch wall that I've built around myself, I can now take that down because there's no need for it. I'm not, I, I know that I'm not going to hit myself anymore. Suddenly, my world just grew exponentially. What I'm able to see, what I'm able to receive, what I'm able to give now has grown out. And I may see you and I might say, you're a scary mofo all the way out there. (laughs) And I might decide I'm going to build a wall there. But I already know now the secret of how I can take that wall down if you and I decide to do that. It's kindness. And so I can say to you, hey, Dr. Vic, I promise you I'm not going to hurt you. Thich Nhat Hanh did this amazing interview with, with Oprah. And he said better than I could ever say what I actually believed. But I have a big thing about listening, really listening. And they talked about compassionate listening, and it stuck with me. And he said, imagine coming into a, into a relationship with this thought. I have no idea how much you've suffered. I have no idea how much pain you've experienced. But I want, I want to know, because I want to know what your pain is. And I want you to, I just want to hold the space for you to put your pain in this container and to free yourself from that pain. And that is the compassion of the relationship I bring to you that I, in my very process of listening, will free you of some of your suffering. And if you think I'll use it to hurt you, let me stand here and tell you a hundred percent, I will definitely not do that. I would never hurt you. So come and please share with me your pain so that I know you better. And even if they start to say, attack you, even if they start to come after you, even if they start to come after the things you believe in, you just sit and, and you don't defend, you don't rationalize, you don't try and fix them, you don't try and change them, you don't try and explain. You just sit there and allow them to let go of what they're talking, what what's in their heart. And in that process, you practice the compassion for another human being to help them find another container other than their heart to put all of that in. What a powerful practice. 
massively. I mean, how would that change every relationship we have? Who takes the time to care that not much about another human being that we would actually say, just give it all to me. But you're not giving it to me. You're giving it to this container. Like, I don't want to take that shit on. Pardon my language. Right? <laughs> no, <that> worries. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't, want, I don't want to take that stuff. But put it in this container that I'm holding the space for you to, have to, to put in. And let's see what happens. Maybe nothing will change. Maybe you and I will still have problems. But I want, to, I want you to know how much I love you and how much I want to give you that space to, to just be open with me and real. And, and free your heart of all the things that suffer that you suffer that makes it suffer. Yeah, that, that alone will, will will can transform the whole entire world. So I love you because being kind to ourselves, you said, can transform the world. The practice of listening and being vulnerable can transform the whole world. And so those are only two of the four practices. Imagine where we go from here. Well, we said that we have the change blueprint, right? That's part of it. That's a change blueprint is part of it. Uh, but, but let me go to the third practice in the, in the practice, four practices, if I can. Oh, okay? go for it. Yeah. Okay. So once I become vulnerable, once my space opens up, once I drop down the walls that I use to protect myself, suddenly everything in the world comes in and I become vulnerable. I'm like a receiving station now. I'm open to all the sensations, all the feelings, all the things that, that, um, and the reason I protected myself is because some of those could hurt me. So I don't, I have to make a real commitment that I'm going to allow stuff to come into me and come through me. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to allow that holding space that Thich Nhat Khan was talking about to not come into me, but just to hold that, to allow me to give you the space to be who you are and allow myself the space to share with you, not only through my words. Our words only make up a very small percentage of our ability to communicate with each other, our body language, our eyes, our energy, our, the way the, the closeness, the proximity. All of that says much more than our words. So I allow the silence of my being to interact with the silence of your being and also create that change. Once all this stuff is coming in, it's really important for me to live purposefully, to do what I came to do, and that's practice three. I have to decide from all these things that are coming in, what are the pieces that I, will, that I, can, that I can attach myself to, that I can connect to, that will help me bridge the gap between where I am to where I want to go? And in a mosaic, the beauty, again, of this image is it's not every piece isn't surrounded by every other piece. Sometimes it's only a very corner of a piece that connects, meaning that, meaning that almost all of, the, of what one piece believes and almost all of what another piece believes, are, there's no connection on. But there's a connection on that one point. But that one point is strong enough to help us build the bridge from where we disagree to where we agree. And so when we live purposefully, we start to create the destination practice. We start to know this is where I'm going. These are the things that, these are the pieces that will help me get there. And these are the connections I want to make. Do we connect to Adolf Hitler or do we connect to Gandhi? We can get, there's some parts of Hitler we might think are great to connect to. Uh, yeah. Right? Not, not, probably not that many. Not but many, but yeah. Right? But there might be some pieces. And we might, we might say, no, we want to connect. But that's a conscious choice of how do we connect the pieces that are in our, in our span. And finally, when we do that, when we make those connections, 
then we build mosaics of power. And that's where the fourth step is, build your mosaic. When, when, when loving, kind people who are vulnerable and open to each other come together with a purpose in mind, those are the people throughout the course of, of civilization, small groups of people that have come together that have altered the reality of the planet. Very uh, powerful stuff here, my friend. I love this. Um, Definitely, you know, open mind, open heart, and and that alone. I I just love the way the step-by-step process is. It's really easy to obtain, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, Yeah, very powerful. So, and, and I appreciate that. And the beauty of the simplicity of the book and of the book, The Mosaic, and the simplicity of its characters, and the simplicity of their of their stories, and the simplicity of the messages that people get from their stories, even if they're different messages. Different people get different messages. It doesn't matter. The simplicity of the process, that mosaic process is something that I use when I go into corporations, or I go into families, or I go into individuals' lives. And we start to re- we start to disrupt some of the patterns of thought that have caused us to live the lives that we don't want to live and, and create the connection, create connections to the thoughts and the processes that give us, that will take us to the, to where we want to go. If I can, like, I, I'm, I'm talking too much, so I want you to interrupt me and shut me up. <laughs> after this question, okay? Go for it. <laughs> But we live in a very tech, we live in a technologically sound time. We will get into our cars and we don't even, when I was growing up, we need Thomas maps that were the most laborious things to ever look at. And I don't know if you're old <laughs> enough to remember, but you had to find the right page and then you had to, oh my God, and you're looking at the map. We have GPS systems now. Pretty soon we'll have self-driving cars. We will, we will come out of our homes, go into our cars We'll put in a destination. We can do that right now, and they'll guide us to it. But pretty soon, we'll be able to sit back and just relax, and the car will take us exactly where we're going. That's the beauty of a destination. Without knowing where we're going, every road we take will take us there. But when we know where we're going, we create a purposeful life that gets us to that place. We make purposeful connections with people that are open, that will help, that will help us. It doesn't mean we have like minds. It means we have unlike minds because some of the greatest purpose comes from the conflict of ideas, come from the melting of ideas, come from the merging of ideas. When two silos come together in the open field and start to share ideas, that's what's called innovation to me. Yeah. When people start to see worlds that they didn't see, that's when we innovate and can create new solutions to the problems that should no longer be. There should never in the world be people that are hungry. There should never be people that are homeless. There should never be people that don't have clean drinking water. There should never be people that have to sell their bodies for money. There should never be people without health care. There should never be people on one side of a border that live differently than people on the other side of a border. I mean, what, what reality are we, have we believed? that we're starting to think that we can hand over that reality to our children and our children's children. Sorry. It's time for a change. That's not the world that I signed up to hand over to my kids. And as Gandhi would say, if you don't see what well, I think Gandhi said this, uh, if you don't like what you know, be the change that you want to see in the world. Yeah. yeah. So when is it time for us to start taking our philosophy and make it our reality? Yeah. 
And it sounds simple, but the practice of it is what we have to do. So that when I said to you, I'm inches from my heaven, that's what I meant. It's the application of the, of the thought reality to the application of the living reality. And I think that's in this today's society being so information-based and knowing-based, as I like to, because, you know, people say, well, I know what I need to do. I know this. I, I studied this. I researched this. But I, I fell into that trap over 10 years ago when I started getting into uh, energy medicine, spirituality, Reiki, healing, all these different things. And I had a spiritual teacher that once said to me, she's like, you are so knowledgeable and for your age, so knowledgeable in what you know and how you understand it. But she said, you need experiences in life to make it wisdom. Mm -hmm. And that I think is extremely profound because in today's society, you know, we, we sharing our experiences and, and, and for me now, 10 years later, I look back and I'm like, yeah, I needed experiences. Needed a lot of those because now it makes sense. And now I know how to apply. And now I know how to, I understand why this meant that. And I went through that experience in order to grasp it, if that makes sense. Totally, totally. My brother said something in a, in a, that I really liked. And I, I'm quoting him often because it just, I haven't had such a great relationship with my brother and I'm rebuilding it back. And I'm really starting to appreciate things that he said. And so excuse me for quoting him again. No, no worries. Um, he said, "In an in an information rich society, we're feedback. We we are feedback poor." <laughs> I like that, right? And I believe I, I believe him, and I believe that part of the difference between where we are and where we want to want to be is our inability to hear feedback. Our in our our thought that we know it all. And you don't see it again, but there's a big mirror coming down in front of me <laughs> because I'm talking to me. And if it happens to resonate with anybody else, so be it. But we need to get to the place where we speak less and listen more. We need to get to the place where we, um, where we don't stand on the street corner and yell at the people who believe differently than us. But we actually take time to listen to what they're saying because maybe in that world that I was talking about where I believe that everything is possible, I believe in a world where everything's possible. I just don't see a way to make it possible yet. Maybe if I listen to someone who doesn't see the world the way I see it, I'll see something that I don't see, which might just be the key to making my impossible possible. And all it takes is one perspective, one breath, one thought, right? One slight <laughs> Right? No, totally. And I agree. I can't agree with you more on that because we, you know, it's, we, it's so amazing in the society we live in and how we, we, we don't engage in like when, well, we do engage in conflict, but it's more of like trying to understand where the other person's coming from. And I'm a firm believer that if you truly listen to someone, you truly understand what they went through their stories and why they believe what they believe. And just ask the question, why do you believe that? What is it that, and come from that loving listening plate, that compassionate place. I really believe we can learn a lot more and grow massively and create radical change from that than just be like, well, 
you're a Republican, so this is what you are. I don't like you for this. this and you just and just go back and forth with all this instead of saying, well, why are you? What do you believe in? Why is it? What has led you that way? Or a Democrat or whatever. I'm just using politics because that has a Tell huge. It's such huge, an obvious example. <laughs> <laughs> it has such a charge to it. Um, yeah, people talk over each other. They don't listen to each other. And if yeah. I can share with you one more personal story. Yeah, go for it. Um, I realized that my 29-year-old developmentally delayed daughter taught me the most beautiful, simple conflict resolution strategy I could ever come to be. My daughter can't speak like you and I speak, so she um, tries, and most people don't understand her because I've been around her for 29 years. I sort of intuitively get a sense of what she's saying, but sometimes I don't hear her. I can't understand her, and so I'll say, Lisa, try again. What are you saying? And she'll say it louder. But it isn't because the volume was too low. It was because I just couldn't understand the clarity of her words. And when I can't understand it, when she increases the volume, then what happens is she starts to throw a tantrum. Mm. And when the tantrum doesn't get me any closer, then what happens is she'll come running at me because she's so frustrated that I don't hear her. She'll come running at me and try and rip my shirt or tear or bite me. Mm. Now, thank God this hasn't happened for a while. But she's, she's the closest person in the world to me. And I am so thankful for her. But I got to tell you, during the times where that was happening two or three times a day, I was not the most thankful person for the world. I wanted, I, I thought, like, what hell have I created for myself and what hell am I living in? And this is not something that's great. Finally, after a long time of this situation happening, long time, I'm going to say maybe even years, definitely more than months, I finally said to her, Alisa, I know you're trying to tell me something. Are you trying to talk to me in a way that I'm not listening? And she just smiled. She went from the middle of a tantrum to this huge smile. And I said, can you tell me how you're talking to me that you want me to hear you? And she took her finger and put it up to where her brain would be on the side of her head. And I said, you little son of a gun. Are you telling me that you're putting thoughts into my head and I'm not listening to them? (laughs) And she started laughing just like you are, but more uncontrollably, more with just this pure joy of finally, this guy understood me. Finally, he heard me. You know, from that moment on, tantrum, attack stopped, biting stopped, tantrum stopped, yelling stopped. And I started to understand that she's trying to communicate to me in a way that I just wasn't able to hear. And when I can try and hear her, there's still points in time that I don't get it because I'm not telepathically, you know, a wizard. (laughs) Um, But I realized then that's exactly what happens in government offices. That's exactly what happens in companies. That's exactly what happens in families. When people speak and they don't get heard, they yell. When they yell and they don't get heard, they create a scene. And when they create a scene and they don't get heard, they destroy something. That's what a terrorist does. No one listens to him, so they have to destroy a building. And the Thich Nhat Hanh story that I told you about, he was part of an order of monks in Vietnam, and the monks tried to speak out against the government for fighting the war, and nobody listened, and 10 of them set themselves on fire. Just because they wanted to create such a scene that finally someone would say, hold it, whoa, 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 what what are you guys trying to say? That's what we do. So when we can listen to each other, we, we disrupt the whole destructive pattern of the life that we live in now. And when you look at it, so much conflict comes because we don't come out of our silos. 
So much conflict happens because we can't leave the thought processes that make up our own mind. If we would allow ourselves to listen with that compassion, to hear what people are actually saying, to validate them and acknowledge that that's what they believe, we don't have to agree with each other. I believe if you know that I listen to you and I validate you, and I accept that that's what you believe, and I understand why you believe it. Even if I don't agree with you, you're not going to destroy my building. If you, need, if you want to destroy something, you're not going to even want to hurt me. Because you're going to say, that's a guy that gets me. He's entitled to what he believes. But we have to start to live what we believe. We have to, the time has come no longer to speak our words and think we know something but to allow a new paradigm to come in. The paradigm of living the reality we believe. That's so true. And it's, and it's again, so powerful. It's a cliche I've been saying all through this whole interview. <laughs> but uh, but it, it is true. I mean, you, you look at, uh, live your truth is what's coming to me. You know, just your, your belief, your truth, what you, you live by, and, and, and just do that. Um, definitely can massive changes, massive changes. And it's simple. It's so simple to listen to another human being. You don't need a college degree. You don't need an expensive education. You don't need years of experience. I mean, the stupid cliche of we were given two ears and one mouth for a reason. <laughs> Right, so true. Is, it, there's just simple practices. Why wouldn't we be kind to ourselves? Why wouldn't we? I know we're scared to get hurt, but we we're hurting ourselves by staying in our silos. Why wouldn't we come out of our silos and just experience the wonderment and the joy? And yeah, there'll be some pains, but we'll help each other get back up. That's the beauty of the mosaic. It's a it, it's. The goal of what I want to create is a community of people who can speak without anger and listen without judgment. That when we fall down, we help each other up. That when we come together, we can create amazing things that we can never even see when we're just on our own. Because our perspectives are limited. We can only see our silo. When we get out of our silo, what we can build together is so magnificent. And that we come together and build that, that we do what we came to do. And that the world that we hand down to our children is one that we're proud to give them, not one that we're ashamed of. There's a great saying in Hawaii that says, you, you're, you, are the, you are the descendants of your ancestors and the ancestors of your descendants. We like know this. We know the story of our ancestors. What will the story of our descendants be about their ancestors? And that's very profound because I always I always tell people, what do you want your great-grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren to think of you? What story are you creating for them? Beautiful. You know, and to be able to... Um, that just again, yeah, just and I love how you also said just to leave, you know, how we leave a world to our children that we'd be proud of rather than ashamed of. So true, yeah. And so, 
the beauty of all this is that we can make our choice. We can't, we don't have to change the world globally. We're all connected. Yeah. We just have to change ourselves. And if we do it, we'll start to, we'll start to gather people who want to do it too, which will start to create this revolution of like-minded early adapters, like, like, like-minded, not in that we believe what everybody else believes, but we believe in a world that we want to give to our kids. Yes. That's the like-mindedness that I would like to see us have because I understand the other like-mindedness. When I was doing this 45 years ago, I was one of the few people doing it. I mean, there were a lot of people doing it, but I didn't know where they were. So I was like a lone wolf crying out on a mountain going, ow, right? <laughs> yeah. someone would hear me. But nobody could hear me because I was one voice in a, in a sea of noise. So it's no wonder that I joined a like-minded community because our voices got amplified. Our platform was bigger. But in everything, there's a beginning and a middle and an end. It's what the traveler taught me in the book. And it's time for like-minded communities to end. They've served their purpose. It's time for like and unlike-minded communities to start. It's time for us to become the United States of America, not the divided States of America. It's time for us to become one world, not a divided world. It's time for us to become one people, not one people on this side of the border and the other, that another people on the other, or one people with black skin and one people with white skin. It's time for us to become one again, for the lie to be, to be told as a lie and for the truth to become realized as the truth. We are all connected. We're all energy. And what we do with that energy and what we do with that connection will create the world that we're proud of to give to our kids. I, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it, one thing just to, I'll share on that is, is, you know, when you look at like diversification, right. Yeah. And I, I have a, I went to school and I became a, I had a, I got a bachelor in business and it was all about diversification, diversification, more diversification, the power, more powerful, more diversified a company, the more better ideas. But then I, I looked at life and I'm like, we don't do that. Like you mentioned, and it's one of those things where, and I always said that we, you know, I remember when I came out of school at chiropractic school, I would go to the, I would challenge medical doctors, you know, people I knew or something along those lines, because I wanted to understand their thinking. I wanted to know where their premise came from, because if I didn't do that, then I was just stuck in my world and holistic healing and never looking at what a medical, how they see things. And as, and and it took years for me to really grasp it and really understand their thinking and go, I see what they do. I understand now their viewpoints and their perspective. I may not agree with them, but now I can at least say I did that. Yeah. And and doing that taught me so much more to be even a better uh, chiropractor and, and what I do for the community I practice in, but also just, and I use that now in life. Like, if I go to do some, I want to go look for someone who is in the total opposite of me. And yeah. so I can see where they're coming from and try to understand them and come with love, nothing, no judgment. I'm not trying to make them wrong. I just want to know where they're coming from, why they're there, their beliefs and all that. And then just to take that in and go, okay, what do I like? What I don't like? What do I agree with? And then say, okay, cool. And we'll agree to agree where we are and agree to disagree and, and, and appreciate one another in the process. 
because we, both, we come both out better and then in the end. So I commend you with all that is what I'm trying to say through all that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and for me, the beauty that's starting to happen is that people that I dis, dis scorned or, or had, or had um, little regard for are now becoming my biggest teachers because <laughs> Because what I'm starting to see is if when I listen to some of the things that they're saying, I start to see a world that I never saw before. I think I may have said it, but I, just in case I haven't, you know, those pictures, those black and white pictures that sometimes they use in psychological things where one way you look at it, it's an old hag and the other way you look at it is a socialite. Yep. <laughs> well, that one's so overused that we both can see, we can, most of us can see both things in that, but there are millions of them where we only see the thing that we see. And yet there's another picture in there that we just for the life of us can't see, but it's sitting right there before our eyes, but we just can't see it because what we see actually blocks us from seeing that reality. And when that moment comes where we see the other picture, where our perspective changes, where we see what was right in front of our eyes that we could never see before, we go, oh, my God, now I see it. That moment is the moment our world's about to experience. That moment where what we thought we saw, which blocked us from seeing the reality of all that is, disappears. And we see both sides. We see 10 sides. We see a thousand sides. We see 8 billion sides. (laughs) (laughs) And, And that's the mosaic. That's the new paradigm. That's where all of us together come and create this incredible tapestry, artistry, um, uh, music that all of us together make something so profoundly beautiful that all of us on our own could never even imagine possible. There's a picture that I saw a a, a while back, and it's not a pleasant picture necessarily, but it's of ants. And they were, they were on the ground and there was a, there was a gap uh, between where they, where they needed to go, a big gap, a a big drop, like a huge drop, like thousands of feet. And there was a uh, branch hanging over that gap with, with leaf, with a leaf on it. And there was no way that any of them could get that food and they couldn't get through the gap and where they were was not giving them the food they needed. And so they climbed one on top of another diagonally using the strength that was in their bodies, but using the strength of each other to take them on a diagonal to reach the plant and bring the food back to their colony. There was no way they could ever gotten that food on their own. There was no way that even a few of them together could have gotten it. They needed to act together as a community of events to solve the problems that they had. That reality is our reality. There's no way we can solve this on our own. We have to come together and find solutions that we can't even see now that are even possible. We have to flip the way we see it so we see the other thing that's there and allow that new reality to guide us to the new solutions, to the problems that should no longer exist. Bam. That is, yeah. And you know, and when you were saying all that, what kept coming through my head was just the, the word team, you know, and as you take it as an acronym, together everyone achieves more. Yeah, yep. and 
Yeah, that's a cool. I, I know exactly what image you're talking about with the ants too. That's why I was like, ah, I've seen that one. I know that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it, and, that, and, it, and it's happening a little at a time. I mean, the issues we see in society today, uh, it, it has to come from all of us in, in working together to for the great. I think it, for me, how I see it is, it's just we we have to come together working for the greater good outside of ourselves. And, and, and do it for like, I like how you said it, you know, leaving the world to our kids to be something that we're proud of. Yeah. And if I can just, you know, add on, and I don't mean to add on to be like a, you know, Oh no, but we have this thought that if we help other people, it will be in spite of our own help. I want to, I want to encourage us to believe that when we come together, we all benefit. It's not yeah. like we have to do something to, to our detriment. We all benefit. It's the win. It's the win-win of we that happens when we together, as a culture, as a company, as a as a community, as a as a nation, as a world, when we come together and we see that we are not separate, but we are we. We all grow. We all move. When the water comes in, every boat in the in the harbor gets raised up. That's the reality. It's not that we have to sacrifice what we believe for somebody else's belief so that they can have what they want. Maybe we do that too sometimes. But the reality of the reality is that if, we, if one person grows, everybody grows. Yep. And so these things are all hinted at in my book. The amazing thing is the more that I sit with it, the more my book only started to really impact me after I finished writing it and after I allowed its concepts to, to, to grow in me, to connect to me. And I'll be thrilled to hear from you as time goes on, as what things are developing as it starts to play in you. And that's the reason why I'm so excited to get the book into people's hands because it, it, will, it, it will seem like such an easy, effortless thing. But just allow it to enter you. Just allow it to start to, to introduce you to concepts that you've never seen. It's just allow it and it won't come in the words that you read it will come in the connection of the of the totality of this mosaic to the to the peace that you are i talk about a new reality of creating peace p-e-a-c-e by peace p-i-e-c-e <laughs> piece by piece <laughs> i like that it, no it, it's so true because you know just from uh, an energetic standpoint from when i was reading your book it's one of those things i was like this is a program i'm like yeah. this is a conscious program you created that's how i i was feeling it and i'm like i i could see it going into me i could see it open up the feelings and just the connections and i could see all this stuff and i'm just going that's why i would that's what i think really got me the most is i was just like and you do it, and like I said, I said it earlier. You you, you did it in such an elegant way. Thank you. You, know, it, you didn't even tap into the mind, really. Yeah. I mean, you really tap more into the heart or the soul, if you want to say, um, with the stories. And 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 I could feel it, it was. I was like, when I was reading the story, I'm like, this has got to be him because I'm like, I'm feeling the energy <laughs> of him in this. It's got to be him right here. He's talking about him in a way. But again, back to the you know, it was just a um, just the way you you went with such deep, I mean, deep spiritual truths in so many directions, but at the same token, never entering through the mind, at least not for me. No. Uh, you know, and what I liked about it, like, I, I thank you. First of all, thank you so much. Um, and I'm just reading the book now to put it in an audio, audio, audio version of it. Uh -huh. And I'm reading the preface and the first part of the preface says, 
um, if I can be tr- completely vulnerable and honest with you, I didn't write this book at all. It was written through me and it was written, I would write and it would erase. I would write and it was erased. So it's like I had a spiritual teacher and people would come to him and thank him. And he had a picture of his teacher behind him and he said, he just started to laugh. He, and he would say, it's funny. He does all the work and you give me all the credit. You know, <laughs> I feel very similar here. They did, these characters did all the work, but the, char- the characters in the book are not the only characters. If the book can leave people with one thing, it isn't just the juice man in the book that has meaning. It's the juice man that they pass every every day on the corner of the streets that they live in. Yeah. It's the people. It's the people that are the shoemaker in in this shop. It's the it's the shopkeeper in the store. It's the grocery man who's putting away the the groceries. Take time to to, to feel people. Take time to hear people. Take time out of your day. Take a second or two or a minute or two or an hour or two to just ask people to tell you the story of their life, to tell you just what's meaningful to them. And it's my dream one day to go around the country in a, in a, in a vehicle with a film team and just start to film some of these stories and just make a documentary of what people would say if they knew they had a minute to tell you without anger and be received without judgment, what's the most meaningful thing in the world to them? I mean, will, uh, let me know when that comes out. I would love to see <laughs> okay. it. I absolutely love to see it. Because uh, what you want to do is something that I, I strongly believe in is just that, you know, uh, each, in the, each person is worth it, and they all have something to share that will be powerful. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I guess that really inspires me because I grew up with with, with – parents who don't believe that they don't believe that they're the low self-worth and all that and all these things. And, and for me, it was like, but no, you're so much more than what you think you are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's been my mission. And, and part of my podcast is part of that. Some people I'll, I'll, you know, I single mom, I'll interview and I want to know what your story is. And I want, and you're going to, she's like, why do you want to interview me out of all the people you have on your podcast that are like, way? and I'm like, because you're powerful. And you yeah. have something to share that I know that. will change somebody. I love, love, love that. I remember when I, I worked with a company called Hay House. And I was the director of business development. When I came there, they were doing about $3 million a year in sales. And when I left 10 years later, they had, we were doing $100 million in revenue a year. And I went to New York one time. And I remember going to see an author that, we were, that I was trying to bring to Hay House. And I was sitting at a street, I was sitting in a cab at the front of the line of the street, of the, waiting at a light. And on each corner of the street, the four corners, it was a busy time. And there were probably thousands of people on each corner. And I just had this passing thought that if I would stop the car right now and get out of the car, and I would just pick any person on any corner at random, the story they would tell me would make the most incredible book you could ever imagine. There would be films made about the story that they tell. There would be, there would be courses written about how to live the life that they lived. There would be uh, people that would teach their lifestyle because every single person within them, no matter how ordinary they are, has lived an extraordinary moment. 
And those, those stories are so powerful and they're lost because we don't take the time to listen. We don't have the curiosity to just invite people to share with us. And so what you're doing on your podcast is so magnificent. And I so honor you and respect you for doing that. Because when we realize how absolutely magnificent and how exquisite the ordinary is, we all become extraordinary. I can't agree with you more there, you know. Um, and I want to just say one thing because we said, you said to me so many times, I can't agree with you more. I don't want people to think that we've known each other for years and that we duped this conversation, right? Yeah. This is the first time I've ever spoken with you, right? Yeah, it is. It's the first time. And so, so there's a miracle in this conversation as well. Because how do two imperfect strangers meet along the way who have never spoken to each other, who have never even knew each other existed three weeks ago and share so much in common? Yeah. That's the reality that I want to get at with all the people. If you and I can share this, then there's probably thousands of other people that share the same belief system, millions of other people. And so when we look, when we just speak to each other, finally we realize, hold it, we're so similar. I believe that. I feel that. I disagree with that, but I love that. I think this is, and all of a sudden it builds this mosaic. You and I, I feel like I've known you for a million years from this conversation. Yep. I feel the same thing. Right? And so (laughs) when we know each other a million years, I don't give a shit, pardon my language. I don't give a damn what you believe on who you, if you like Trump or don't like Trump, because I like you. So I'll give you the space to believe whatever you believe. But if I don't know you, what do you mean you believe in him or you don't believe in him? I can't stand you. And I (laughs) defriend you on my Facebook or I do whatever I do because I don't know you. But when we take the time to know each other, nobody's a monster. We're We're all here to help each other see something new. And when we get beyond the superficial differences, we connect to a place where we say, oh, that's what I want for my kids' kids. That's the world I want to leave to them. I don't want to leave a world where we're all fighting with one another. I want to, I want to leave a world where there's goodness again, where we trust each other, where we get to know each other, where we listen to each other. I want them to hear the stories that are singing through the wind and the breezes that hit every town and every village. I want them to listen And just understand, they don't have to agree. Just listen and hear what people are saying. Take it in. Don't be scared. Let your walls down. Let the silos melt. And who would we discover if the fetal me that hides behind my walls meets the fetal you that hides behind your walls? And we just hold each other for a moment and say, it's okay. Together, we're stronger than we are on our own. Let's walk. Powerful stuff, my friend. Very powerful. (laughs) I like your thinking. Okay. Let's make this a beginning, not an end, okay? All right. We're we're starting. We're we're just starting the beginning. (laughs) I like that. I like that. So uh, your book, it's on Amazon, yes? 
it's on they can, anybody can get it on Amazon. The Mosaic, if they need there's if there's other books with the Mosaic, just the Mosaic Daniel Levin will take them right there. Or they can get it on my website, themosaiconline.com. If they do it on my website, I will autograph a copy for them and send it to them. Um, they can also get on my website the uh, the Be Kind to You bracelet, and the first five people that get in touch with me and mention your show will get that. I'll send that to them as a gift. And they can also do something that's free of charge, which is uh, I have something on there called a card reading. And the idea is to just ask a question which where you want different perspectives on and you get perspectives from, from some of the mosaic archetypes and it'll give you three different readings. It'll give you three cards. I call them past, present, future. This is what you used to believe. This is what you believe now. This is what the future holds for you, but you can think of them any way you want. It's just three percent perspectives to help you see the world a little bit differently than the world you see. And it's really powerful. I don't know how it works. When I was at Hay House, I created that whole card deck series. It's changed millions and millions and millions and millions of people's lives. Um, and it touched millions and millions of people. And I don't know how they work to this day, but every day when I, when I sit and I ask the mosaic archetype cards, the mosaic card deck for, for perspectives, I can't believe how spot on the perspectives are. I don't know how it works. I'm telling you, I have no idea, but I don't have to know. I just get benefit from it every time I use it. So I, I the, the only thing that you need to do is put your email on there. If you're worried about me sending you stuff, I promise you I won't uh, spam you. But if you're really worried about it, just unsubscribe as soon as you subscribe, as soon as you do it. But I want you to have the power of the perspectives that are being offered. Well, it's kind of like electricity, right? We don't understand how it is or how it works, but we know how to utilize it. Totally. You know? Totally. Great. It's a great analogy. And I, I will have to say I am, uh, Hay House is actually what kind of transformed my life in many ways. Uh, a lot of the authors there and, and, uh, uh, the books and all that that has come out. Um, so when I, when I, when you, when we connected and you were saying you're from Hay House, I was like, Hmm, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, Those were great years. We were, we were a group of very ordinary people that created extraordinary things. You can see that. It was it was just a pleasure to be involved with them and a pleasure to to just to, to watch it grow to where it is. And it went from being a small boutique publisher publishing Louise Hay, which was very a very well known person, and they did a great job with her, to becoming the premier self help publishing company in the world today. Yeah. Totally. Well, Daniel, I want to uh, thank you for being on. This was a, a joy, literally, uh, uh, to have you on. I, it was a joy to read your book and, and a joy to uh, just connect and share uh, on, on the podcast. I want to thank you for your time and everything that you shared uh, so elegantly and as much as we agreed massively. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And please, what for your listeners, Please share your comments with us. Let us know what you think. Let us know how you liked it. Let us know the, uh, how you want to be involved. Let us know how we can support you. Uh, I'm already saying we because I know Dr. Vic and I are going to, this is the beginning of something that's going to happen. But how can we give you even more than we've given you today? Today was a taste. If you liked it, it's, it's just, this was just the intoxication, the seduction. Let's get involved in the relationship. Right? Yes, sir. I love it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll definitely be having you on again soon, my friend. I can't wait. I look forward to any conversation with you on the other side. I look forward to Thank you for listening to the podcast. 
For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing it with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.